0: Good morning, Church Online. God bless you. Um, There's been a Pastor Dana, maybe from Kentucky, uh, and there's been a viral word. So uh, he had like dreams and these have gone across Facebook. And so a lot of you have probably seen them. Uh, potentially, because I don't know, you know, the algorithms on Facebook, but stuff like this pops into my box, and then it probably pops pops into your box, and it seems like we all get the same thing popped into our boxes. And, like, when you're a pastor of a church, um, all of you get something forwarded to your Facebook, or whatever, and then all of you forward it to me. So I get a thousand of you forwarding something to my, you know, watch this video. Can you believe this? You know, oh, the antichrist is after it again. You know, I, whatever. I get all this stuff. So, so if you haven't seen the Pasadena Dreams, though, um, the Pasadena Dreams talk about some pretty gloomy, doomy things. Oh, bless you. So just in case, uh, I may do that. Thank you so much. Um, so the pastor day in dreams talk about some pretty gloomy, doomy stuff uh, starting around, I don't know what it is, August or September or something. We're all supposed to get multiple AR-15s, uh, lots of bullets, and uh, we're all supposed to rob the uh, food pantry of the local Mormon church or something. I don't know, but trying to be silly. Uh, but we're all supposed to, you know, have a big food supply or something. And um, so uh, I just want to encourage you that if these were dreams that he saw as he shares in his humble sincerity, uh, it it doesn't mean they have to come to pass. Uh, We get all sorts of warnings and all sorts of insights. This is the way the dream world works is that we can get all sorts of warnings and insights into the spirit realm so that we know how to pray, so we know how to oppose something. Wouldn't it be nice if the Holy Spirit gave us a view into what Satan's plan is before it happens instead of after? How many of you, how many, uh, those of you watching, how many of you would appreciate that? Uh, it's always nicer to get a preview than it is, because uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. 20 but it's much better to get twenty twenty before hindsight ever arrives. So, I just want to encourage you, though, that uh, we can, if you watch those videos, now you're probably going to go look for them. Uh, but if you watch those videos, you know, we're, we are the ecclesia, we are the legislating body uh, of the Lord in the earth. Uh, that, that the government shall be on his shoulders. Last I checked, that's you and me. Uh, and we have we have influence in the spirit realm. So I want to encourage you to continue to pray. I've been encouraging you that we are Gideon's army. And I've been encouraging you to spend 30 minutes in warfare kind of prayer uh, every day. How many of you have embraced a little bit more of a, so a couple of you here and those of you online, just embracing a little bit more so you can still have your devotional prayer, your petitioning prayer. You can still have your worship Segment. Uh, but, but this is a time for war as well. Uh, so continue to press into tearing down the works of the enemy. Amen? And I want to encourage you in that. Now let's pray over the word. Uh, and I don't know. This seems so tempting. And I don't know why. Um, it just seems so tempting to have a seated sermon. I don't know. Do I look bad? Just terrible? Yeah, see how it goes here. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your ministry to us, over us, and through us. Uh, We continue to ask that you would wash us and uh, shape, form Jesus in us and then do his works through us. We welcome that. Uh, We want to say with Uh, Isaiah, here I am, send me. Uh, We want to say with the prophet, you are the potter, we are the clay. And so uh, we just uh, conform our heart to you right now. We conform our heart to you. And we welcome the ministry of the Spirit to show us all that you have in mind. In Jesus' name, and everybody said my sermon title is called Run to the Fire. And I want to start the sermon with the prophetic word that I posted last week from Chuck Pierce. Because this word was rattling around in my heart and I've been saying this and I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been like erupting with this kind of thing. And then, uh, and then this word came from Chuck Pierce. And uh, it was a good word. It's a lengthier word that I'm gonna read And uh, and yet, it's good, I'm gonna read you the first portion of the word, and I've got it up on New Horizons Facebook, Garbly Goo, if you wanna look there. Um, Here's what he said. There's a sound, and, and, and it's kind of along the line of run to the fire. There's a sound in the distance. I am calling my people, calling you into a place that you've not been before. I'm calling you to stand in ways you haven't stood. Watch when smoke comes up when smoke comes up. These are signals rally toward the fire. I am putting in my people the ability to put out hell. Even though hell is raging and fire is rising from the earth. I am giving my people a sound and a movement that will cause hell to recede. Press press and press toward the fire. I will quench the mouth of the enemy. You've heard this before, and that's why you're so calm right now. It's like, uh, this is my fifth time. This is so boring. Church. Come on, this is good stuff. The kingdom suffers violence. You know, this was our theme verse when we started New Horizon 28 years ago. The kingdom, yeah, Matthew eleven twelve. The kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. We even had it printed on shirts, T-shirts, and uh, sweatshirts. Uh, the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. What if all of that rehearsing 28 years ago was for this very hour? How has God formed New Horizon? Uh, we're a warfare people, by the way. Did you know how necessary you are in this current moment? You are a warfare people. You're a, you're a prophetic, overcoming warfare people. You're a faith-filled people. Did you know other churches are suffering financially? We haven't. Su- we're up a hundred thousand dollars over last year. We're up a hundred thousand dollars over last year, and in addition to that, you have. Outgiven yourselves in almsgiving to missions and these needs in Africa and benevolent giving here at home. Hello, somebody. Wow. Uh, you have been trained. You have been trained to be a people of war, to be a people who sow, who exercise their faith, who prosper in the midst of crud. Who prosper in the midst of crud. The kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. There is a violence coming back to fathers and mothers, to father and to mother the land again. There's violence in the atmosphere, but I have a more violent people who are willing to fight. The violence is here today. We will not lose. I am pushing right behind you, and the violent will take it by force. I am a good father, and because I'm a good father, I know when to war with the enemy. I know when for my people to rise up and represent me in war ahead. Judah goes first, and Judah must arise through the land with a sound, a new sound of war. Now, we, we, know, worship, we, know, we know Judah to be known as worship, by the way. And I want to just digress on that for a moment is that what if what Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel, you know, what if these churches, what if what they've been doing in inebriating us with worship has actually been leading us into a place of war? What if, what if the Holy Spirit has been bringing us into a place where he could use us in war but the worship had to come first. Holy Spirit, we want to see from up here, not down here. Lift us higher, Holy Spirit, so that we can see all that you're up to. See, uh, this is interesting, but uh, like in Second Chronicles 20, uh, 20 and that whole section, Judah went out uh, it was it was common for Judah to lead the way for praise to lead the way but all the other tribes still assembled in driving out the enemy in overcoming oppression in confronting darkness in confronting the Amorites in confronting the spirit of the Amorites in Canaan in confronting the demonic power, all the other tribes were assembled for war as well. We think of Judah, but no, all, Dan was there. Asher was there. Reuben was there. Manasseh was there. All of the other tribes, and they all had a distinct, a distinct expression of war, church. And so it's not just worship alone. It's just that worship leads the way. It's not just praise alone, but it's praise that leads the way. So there's other things that God's calling us to do because, because we're not just a worshiping people or a praising people. We're a rebuilding people. We're a rescuing people. We're a restoring people. We're a kingdom building people. We're a saving people, a redeeming people. So Judah prepares us for war and leads the way to war But then we walk, we walk as those who are now those modern tribes of Israel. We walk in the strength of our tribe to minister to people, to bring healing to the land, healing to the nation, healing to the nations in that way that we're called. We're all part of Judah. But we have other expressions as well. Thus Isaiah 61, 1 through 4 is fulfilled. Remember Jesus stood up and he read this in Luke chapter 4. Luke records it, Luke chapter 4, 18. Jesus stood up, asked for the scroll of Isaiah, turns it to the section that we know as Isaiah 61. And then he says, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And this is what he says. And this is who we are, church. We are the hope of this nation. God hasn't changed his mind about that. We are the hope of this nation. And by the way, there's still hope. As long as you have breath in you and God is God, then there's still hope for good in the land of the living. Here's what he said. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Say it with me. The Lord has anointed me. Say it with me. The Lord has anointed me. You watching. Say it with me. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That might mean I got to get to them. That might mean I got to have proximity. I can't, if I'm anointed, if I'm anointed in some way, in some expression coming out of my tribe, coming out of the gifting, the calling, the enablement on my tribe, the skill, the ability of my tribe, and yet rallied with Judah that still means I've got to figure out a way to get proximity. Oh, don't give away the sermon before you get to it. (laughs) Proximity to the poor, if I'm gonna proclaim good news to the poor. He's sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. They're everywhere, church. All we gotta do is look. Lift up your eyes. Harvest is ripe. To proclaim freedom for captives. Wow, I can even talk to myself about that one, huh? little captivity here that needs to be delivered. And release from darkness to prisoners to proclaim. Is this up on the screen? Son? We could have it there if you'd like. Isaiah 61. No? I can't see the booth. <gasps> To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. This is a day of vengeance of our God. Who's his vengeance upon? Darkness, the demonic realm, and to comfort all who mourn. The The anointing is upon me to comfort all who mourn. Wow, say that one with me. The anointing is upon me to comfort all who mourn. Not to scorn those who mourn. Not to mock those who mourn. Not to disdain those who mourn. The anointing is upon me, say it. The anointing is upon me to comfort those who mourn. Wow. To bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy, the anointing is on you now, church, to bestow upon them even the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Now what happens when we find these people? Well, what happened to you when the Lord found you? Well, here's what happened. You became a oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, You display his splendor and you rebuild stuff. Didn't that happen to you? Didn't that happen to you? That's going to happen time and time and time again when we find people like this. When we find people like this and we minister to them, they become... The oaks of righteousness. So here's what I think. I think, Father, you okay with this? I think Father is calling us into a greater dimension of faith commingled with love. I was taken to First Corinthians 13 and just meditating on this because we, we are the love bringers, we're the hope bringers, we're the life bringers, first Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongue, and here, this could be the church. This could be us. This could be the church. You Christians that are watching, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. No, 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 I'm that. This has to be a lie. What is wrong with Paul? He has really gone gunny bags on us. I am not a clanging cymbal. I'm spiritual. I'm like hyper spiritual. I'm like so cool. Not if you don't have love. Not if you don't have Father's love. Not if you don't have perfect love. Not if you don't have the love of the Lord for humanity. You are a noisy, hyper-religious dude. But like you're literally driving our ears crazy because you're so spiritual, you're not manifesting the heart of Father. If I have the gift of prophecy... Wow, I can read your mail, I can call, I can call you out, I can even edify you. If I can fathom all mysteries and have all knowledge and have faith that can move mountains. But if it's not mingled, if it's not commingled with love, I am nothing. I am no thing to be counted as value to the kingdom, to the kingdom building. To the rebuilding, the oak of righteousness, displaying the splendor, rebuilding ancient. I'm like nothing if I am not commingling all of this crazy, amazing, mountain moving faith that I have with love. What good is our theological, spiritual acumen if we don't have it, if we don't have a life? where faith is commingled with love? What good are all of the clinics and all of the sessions and all of the, all of the classes and all of the cemetery degrees, the seminary, seminary. I know that's an old joke, but it still gets two laughs. What good is all of that if I don't have faith commingled with love? I really think, and, and it was interesting, Pastor Paul could have brought a word on racial healing or racial reconciliation. He could have brought a word on anything under the sun the day that he spoke. But I think it's interesting the Holy Spirit led him to talk about first love and first works. First love, first works. Because I think the first works could be the metaphor of what all the other tribes were meant to do when they went into battle. And I think we miss it if we become this Bethelesque worshiping church, glorious church. Oh, we can move mountains here and there's prophetic ministry in our midst if we don't become the Bethelesque outreach church. or they gave over a million dollars to the police department when they had a shortage of funding, or they cleaned city parks because city staff was down, or they're invading every impoverished area in town with the love of the Lord. I can hear you through the online internet waves now, shouting me down. We are empowered to put out hell. And to do so, we run to where the fire is. We run to where the smoke is. You don't know how bad, and I I should have done it, how bad I wanted to get on a plane and go to Minneapolis. I don't know how bad, I, I don't know if you know how bad I wanted to go. And this word confirms what I was feeling. And the word says, don't wait till there's fire. If you see smoke, go then, go there. We are, we are the fire department. And not only do we come, and I don't know if you've seen so many of the posts that were posted. Uh, I know we had Kyle up at Chop and Chaz, and then he connected with Jesus uh, at the door, Scott McManera, Mac, Mac, Mac Mac, I'm saying it wrong. Uh, from uh, the movie Fame, Finger of God 2. Uh, and then the Christ for All Nations team was there, of uh, the world-changing fame of Reinhardt Bonnke and now his new team. Uh, they were there, and a Bethel team was there. People were there from California, from Florida, from, from all over, uh, at, at our thing and I wanted to go to Minneapolis. I'm like, man, as Joel said that, we ought to get on a plane and go. Let's not talk about it next time. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. We are the fire department. And let's start, let's start thinking more about, let's start thinking in such a way that we, that we recognize smoke, not just fire. Right? Where is the smoldering of unrest of sorrow, of mourning, of grief, of injury, of brokenness, of poverty. Where are the? Where is the smoldering of that? Can we run there? We are. The, we are. We're the answer. We're the answer. I know. If I stood up, you'd get more excited, but. Um, so listen, faith, faith has power, faith has ability, faith is, faith taps into more than your natural ability, faith has resource. When you have faith for something, you'll find the resource for it. But love is the rudder of faith, love directs me where, right, Jesus How many times does it say he was moved with compassion? What part of him was moved with compassion? Perfect faith. Perfect faith was moved with perfect love to do something. To work the works of God. To work the works of his Father. And this is how it is with us that that we also co-mingle. And so love is the motive for faith. I I, I might not even use my faith. I'm, I'm lazy with my faith. Unless you make a demand on my faith. And if you make a demand on my faith, then love moves me to move my faith. To use my faith to move a mountain. How many of you have moved a mountain or done something? Uh, you, You understand what I'm talking about? You understand what I'm talking about? You have expended yourself because it wasn't that you didn't have the faith to do it, but it's the tug of love that became the rudder that directed where you would spend your faith to make the difference. Love directs the use of my faith. It, it pulls on my faith. Love has compassion. And so it's love commingled with faith that is war. Love and faith together are war. And let, it, let, it, let us process That this is the metaphor of what now the other 11 tribes (laughs) see if you worship only, you don't get a pass. And this is what's, I'm afraid, this is what's been happening much in America. Is that we've checked our worship box, we've checked our Sunday morning box, our worship night box or prophetic night box, I don't know. You know, we checked our box. And then we called that war. We, we, we called that war. The 30 minutes of Gideon army that I'm calling you to, that doesn't give you a pass either. You can check that box. But that just leads the way. That just sets the tone. That just demolishes spiritual power. There's still practical aspects where we commingle love with faith to bring the anointing of Jesus into culture and as we do that, as we run to that as we run to the fire with that battle cry and with that as our warfare oh church wow 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 Wow, Wow and wow, Mom upside down. That's wow, Mom upside down is wow. You'll get that later. God bless you. James one twenty seven. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans. And widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, I don't know. I just, you got to, we got to recognize we literally have a planet. We have 50 states populated with children, sons and daughters that are orphaned by one parent or the other or orphaned in some way or orphaned through illegitimacy and if we ran to that fire, wow. If we ran to that fire. What difference is uh, people like Tommy Barnett and Phoenix First Assembly making by running 100 buses across the city and picking up all the orphan children of Phoenix Amen. and bringing them back for church? Wow. Hello. Just a thought. James chapter 2. James knows how to bury us really good. Let's read a little bit of it. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man comes in in filthy old clothing comes in also. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you stand there, sit here on the floor by my feet. Or potentially just don't fellowship with them as much. Or don't really care to inquire much of them. Or just spend the morning talking to your special friends only and not those that are newer in your midst. Forgive me for adding to the text. I'm just trying to preach a little bit. Have you not discriminated against yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And did you really come to church just for you anyway? and to see all your buddies that you could to talk to all week anyway? Please forgive me. We all do it. A little bit at least. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones dragging you into court? Not the New Horizon rich, of course. Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him who you belong? Sometimes that's the case for sure, but not the New Horizon rich, thankfully. If you were keeping the royal law found in Scripture, the royal law of liberty, the royal law of love, love your neighbor as yourself, You are doing right, but if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but you commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now what he's saying is that we that have come into the kingdom through Christ who fulfilled the fullness of the law for us, we're called to keep the one royal law of liberty for sure. Out of Exodus 5, out of Matthew 22, 37 Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We're called to keep that one. So therefore, if we fail to love, and we read about who your neighbor is recently in the parable of the Good Samaritan, if we fail to love our neighbor, then we have failed to keep the law of liberty, the law of love. This is the law that we're called to. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? I'm jumping down to verse 14 now. I'm at verse 14. You still with me? And these are deeds of love because the context is love and we're called to the royal love, the royal law of love, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so now he's going to Co-mingle. He's going to intermingle. He's going to marry. He's going to bring faith and love together. The deeds that we are called to that preserve a society, that save a society, that, that, that reach a society, that, that literally turn a society uh, into that which is a restoring society, a rebuilding society as we read. They will rebuild devastated cities. What we're called to there is the deeds of love. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no Deeds, Or we could add no loving deeds. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and fed. I prophesy over you, I pray over you, I, I move a mountain over you. But does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, we could say without loving deeds, if it is not accompanied by action is dead in other words he's saying if you have faith alone but it's not commingled with love it's like dead faith you're moving no mountain for anybody lazy faith selfish faith f- self-absorbed faith Are you okay? Verse 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works or without deeds is dead. Or you might say, I might say, Duane might say, preach to Duane. Duane needs preaching. I might say, but I have amazing faith. Yes, but it's as good as dead if it's not commingled with the perfect love. Let's stand this point. Please get your elements of communion ready, if you would. We could have theological arguments, and they had many in the New Testament church and in the New Testament period. But in Galatians 5... Paul writes this to the church in Galatia about the argument of circumcision. He says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. That argument, that premise, that theological debate, all of your seminary schooling about it has no value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Do we have that verse? Could we put it up? I'd love to see that one. There's not just a blessing for society in this. There's not just a blessing for our future. There's not just redemption to our nation in this. But there's a blessing for every one of us in this. I was taken to Acts chapter 10. It's, it's love for the broken and the poor. It's love for those wounded and down. That captured God's attention. Literally, God is looking for those who manifest this heart, Jew or Gentile, redeemed or not. And in Acts chapter 10, it's what caused God's attention to be drawn to Cornelius. And God literally sent an angel to visit this Gentile. And you know the story. He became the first of the Gentile conversions. The first of those brought out of darkness into light to be baptized with the Holy Spirit to receive the gifts of the Spirit. Acts chapter 10. And what caught God's attention was his love was his love. It was his love that he cared about the poor. It literally says in Acts chapter 10 that the giving of his alms, not his tithing, not his tithing, the extra above giving, the lavish, generous giving above a tithe or beyond a tithe or outside of a tithe, Captured God's attention. It literally produced an aroma that went into the heavens That caught God's attention At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius a Centurion in what was known as the Italian regimen and he and his family were devout and God-fearing so he was a proselyte You know he was a tither because he was a proselyte he'd been brought in To participate in Hebrew culture and yet beyond that he gave generously to those who were in need and prayed to God regularly and one day about three in the afternoon he had a vision he distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said Cornelius and Cornelius stared at him in fear and said what is it Lord and the angel said your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon who's called Peter, whose house is by the sea. He had a reward in mind for him. And I'm telling you that every act of love is releasing an aroma into the heavens. It's not just moving things on earth, it's not just converting earth to heaven, but it's releasing an aroma that captures the heart and the attention of God himself, wherein angels are dispatched with regard to us. It's our actions of love, it's our expressions of love, We leave the prayer closet and we make war with love. It's giving of our finance, serving on outreach. It's going to where the smoke is, where the fire is, where the needs are. It's living intentionally. It's opening up a room. It's giving away a car. It's helping a single mom. It's adopting somebody in Africa. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all of that. It's all of that and it's living intentionally. And God says in 2 Corinthians 9:10, "He will increase the harvest of that kind of righteousness. You will overflow with good seed because you're dispensing seed. He will cause your harvest to overflow. You'll be blessed so much that you'll be able to be a blessing." to every need you'll be able to be gracious to all that comes your way and in this way America will have a future in this way we will have a hope and our nation will be restored our nation will be restored take the bread with me and just say to the Lord I want to live that way just tell him I want to live that way I want to live that way I want to live that way come on even as you gave your life for me again today I give my life as a living sacrifice Romans 12:1 and 2 it is my act of worship take the bread Jesus just as you shed your blood to bring me into father's house and into father's family I bring myself into the very DNA of the family I agree to act like you live like you embrace your nature and be transformed by you come on in Jesus name take the cup God bless you, church. You that have been with us online, we encourage you, open up your heart. Romans chapter 10, 8 through 10 says, if you believe in your heart, Jesus is the Lord, that his sacrifice is sufficient for you for the forgiveness of your sin and for your redemption as a son or a daughter of God. And then you confess that. You bring that agreement up out of your heart through your mouth and you say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I receive what you've done for me. I'm trusting you. I'm believing upon you. You're my only way to Father. I can't earn or deserve a relationship with Father. If you do that, And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10 that you will not be disappointed. You've become a son or a daughter of God. Father is rejoicing over that moment. All of heaven is rejoicing over the moment that you turn your heart to him and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let's worship as we close this morning, church. God bless you for being with us.